Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we're back. And yes, we're happy as hopefully you are as well that it's Friday. And we are certainly looking forward to picking up where we left off yesterday, talking about all the places where you can find hidden inventory. Hidden as in not really hidden, you just don't know where to look hidden. Or maybe you do know where to look, but you haven't actually gotten off your butt to look for it. And so since this is kind of the conclusion of our week-long where to find uh, inventory, how to find inventory, Notice we're not talking about the MLS very much because by the time it's in the MLS, I mean, a lot of properties never even get in there. I remember it hasn't been that long ago that NAR was reporting it's between 30 and 40% of closings right now were never in the MLS. So if that's all you're dependent on and you keep on writing contracts and you keep losing and you're, you probably had buyers fire you over this, you can't just keep doing the same thing and expect to get better results. You've got to look off the MLS. I'm going to tell you guys so. how different it is versus how it was uh, prior to like 2000. I think in probably 2002 and 2003, there was a big sea change in the way um, the world worked inside the, the realms of real estate and the walls of real estate. But I'll tell you guys a funny story. This was back when Julie and I were selling real estate. Um, about when we were still in real estate. Now I, I know I'm going to make Julie and I seem ancient and maybe in your eyes we are. I mean, we're, I mean, I'm 51 and Julie's 35 plus 15, exactly. hope, but not really still 50. actively licensed by the way. So we're not that ancient. Right. Exactly. Well, the, I'm telling you this story because, you know, we were in real estate for 10 years, sold between 100 and 200 homes per year. But when we were in real estate halfway, basically it was like 96, 97. That's when the consumer internet actually came online. And even then, there was no Realtor.com. There was no real, I mean, the MLSs were struggling to get online. So people were still using MLS books in early, into the they early 2000s. No what you're even talking okay, about. Okay, so an MLS books. book, I know this really got me thinking when you were talking about inventory, right? Yeah. So the MLS book was this massive, I mean, you know, paper book, right, that was dropped off weekly at your office. And so you had to order this MLS book. And one of the ways that the MLS is basically, you know, the services they provided to their mem- members, and I'm sure this was a great profit center for them too, is they print off these massive books. And to describe the thickness of some of these books, there were oftentimes like, what would you say realistically? Some five inches, six inches thick? Yeah, it, was ridiculous. it was at least three or 400 pages. Yeah. And you'd have, what, 12 to 16 uh, listings. listings with quotes around it. In black and white. With per, tiny, per page. With tiny little crappy pictures. Yeah, and you would have one picture that was black and white. Yeah. And you'd have a tiny little kind of like business card size description, which was just basically the street address, bedrooms, baths. I don't even know that it had square footage on it. It, it, was, it might have. It, it, it was minimal. If you you someone should find one of those at a garage sale and just uh, hold it, you know, keep it as some sort of archival, you know, bit of history. Uh, we need to find one too because they are just hilarious just to think that something yeah. like that even existed. Well, and you know, everybody would carry that around like it was some well, kind you, of real estate bible. You know? Don't get ahead of my story because yeah. I think sure. when I remind you of this, you'll laugh. Yeah. So Julie and I were, you know, we sold 100 houses our first year in the business. We had lots of different types of, you know, over time we were working with a lot of investors. 
And I remember there were some investors that we'd work with that just essentially got to the point where they didn't really need for us to show them anything. They would just need the access to the MLS books and they'd go out and find mm -hmm. what they wanted and they'd just buy it and tell us what they wanted to write offers on. We had three or four investors like that. And you will too, as long as you, you know, basically uh, stay frosty with regards to your opportunities. So um, we would buy extra MLS books and leave the MLS books at the front counter at our, our real estate office. And at, at that time, Julie and I were with uh, Remax. And so we'd leave these a stack of MLS books that would be sitting um, on the counter at our Remax office, and they would show up and just pick up and the, pick up the MLS books. Well, one of the agents in the office, and I'll never forget this. His name was uh, his first name was Mike, uh -huh. not not Pertetti, the other Mike. He oh, saw yes, he I eventually remember. figured out what we were doing, and I swear he went after Julie and I like you, <laughs> like a mama bear protecting a cub. And the and the cub that. in his mind was the coveted MLS book. In other words, this MLS book, the content in the MLS book was essentially this, you know, uh, like. A, not to be shared. I, exactly. It's some sort of secret book of codes or something that's never supposed to be shared. That's so critically important that the consumers are always dependent on us to go. Uh, he tried to get us fired from the office, fired from <laughs> Remax. Just he was so and he hated us forever and still does, I'm sure, if he's still alive. Um, but the moral of the story was how funny was it that that was not I mean, that's a long time ago, but not that long ago. And look how much things have changed now. Yeah. And boy, did agents freak out when the MLS went online. Oh my well, God, well, it'll be the of, end of us. But a lot of agents, it was the end of them. Mm -hmm. When the when they could yeah. no longer be the gatekeepers of the information, right. they didn't evolve and they, they left the industry. It was a major shift when that happened. Oh, sure. I mean, and so, that was really the beginning. I think you're right about that. Right. And so when Realtor.com, I think Realtor.com really became something like Zillow, you guys think is, you know, Zillow only came around in 2007. Realtor.com was around for a lot longer. Zillow basically just copied Realtor.com and frankly, in a lot of ways, did a thousand times better. But uh, I mean, back when Julie and I were selling real estate, Realtor.com came online. There were a lot of agents whose only real value was the gatekeeper of this information. And once mm -hmm. the information was publicly available, I'll never forget some of the ways that these agents tried to just, you know, they were so fearful of the changes that were happening in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. And now we fast forward and we fast forward to 2021, 2022. And now we're talking about the fact that the MLS itself has almost become, I mean, obviously it's still a useful thing and we need the MLS and the MLS is one of the greatest inventions of, as Julie's fond of saying, the real estate gods, that and the commission structure, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we have a lot of amazing things that we're all benefiting from that were created generations before us in the real estate industry. But in a market like this, if you're leaning into the MLS for finding listings, you really are looking in all the wrong places. Because anything that hits the MLS now, have you all noticed that it almost immediately says sold um, or it basically is already sold. They just didn't change the status in the MLS. So it's the MLS used to be the first place you look and now it should almost be the last place you look because if it is the first place, you're looking last. That's right. I mean, you can use it for looking up comps and stuff like that, but it's not the the main source of finding inventory. You guys know this, and yet you keep banging your head into the wall. Well, so what I got to thinking was, mm -hmm. is if I were a new agent in the business now, yeah. and like, you know, if you were in, dropped into real estate, like you got your license, you're, you know, signing up for some, you know, whatever, and, and the lack of tools and information that new agents don't have. And it, well, they'll listen to our podcast, they'll join our coaching program and they'll get it. But for the most part, what you don't know 
will kill you in this industry. Absolutely, and yeah. it'll kill you fast, especially kill, in a market like this. Exactly, and so you have to learn. So we're we're going from this sort of the, this market cycle, that this macro micro market cycle where we saw Zillow came in, started selling leads, and everyone and their brother basically got into the selling leads to agent business. There's Boomtown, Commissions Inc., all these other companies have come, and a lot of them are flourishing selling agents leads. But that means that there's tons of agents, like majority of the agents out there, who have only been in the business as long, you know, during this whole lead selling macro trend, and they've never learned how to actually proactively lead generate. And those are the very agents, just like the agents I was describing to you earlier, like the Mike guy that wanted Julie and I dead. So the, <laughs> dead. <laughs> that's what he wanted. He wanted dead. That's how he used to say it, right? Yeah. I mean, he hated us. So because we were what? We were basically taking his value proposition was being the gatekeeper to this MLS right. information, and we're giving it away. Little did he know that Realtor.com was about to come and really clean his Massively clock. Massively do that. Yeah. We were only doing it you know, with a few select Like with people, four really. people. But so yeah. the, the struggles that he had are the same struggles that a lot of you guys are going to have when you realize that the era of buying leads is coming to an end. And you're not equipped for, and nor was he equipped for basically the mass dissemination of information that was coming through the portals. And that was basically his struggle. And I'm sure he essentially, you know, fell a, an unsavory fate because of his inability to uh, essentially transfer his, uh, basically adapt to the new market. How many of you guys are going to follow the same fate? How many of you are still trying to make the old things work? I mean, I was, I was listening to something, um, Dave Ramsey, for example. Mm -hmm. So when Dave Ramsey ELP program came online, and this was back in 2000, early 2000s, mm -hmm. I think it was 2004, Sounds 2003. Great. It was a great program. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't remember what ELP stands for, but, you know, it was a good source for leads, usually seller leads. Mm -hmm. But now what's happened over time? is there's a lot of agents that basically, you know, you started out, you were the only agent in the marketplace and there was no like extraneous fees associated with it. Now there's a monthly fee associated with it. There's a referral fee associated with it. You have to compete for the lead. And so this is another example. That's another thing that maybe when it first came out was a great thing, but now generate your own damn business. Stop buying business from Seriously. a lead referral or source like that. It just has gotten worse. So all the, what we're seeing is the end of the cycle for a lot of these uh, lead selling companies. You know, Dave Ramsey being one of them, Zillow being another of them. There's a reason that Zillow has pivoted to start uh, doing their iBuyer model because they know, really smart people, they know that the, uh, the selling leads uh, business model is rounding the bend. That's the reason Zillow is a national real estate brokerage now. You guys getting what I'm saying here? So if you're getting into the business or if you've been in the business during essentially this era of buying business and you've never learned how to proactively lead generate, you are not probably going to make it during the next essential transition to whatever the new uh, macro trend is, which in our opinion is going to pivot back towards direct personal communication. If you want to know where the market's going, you want to know who the people are that are making the money, they're the ones that have the skill set to know how to pick up the phone, have real conversations with people. The agents that are going to be the ones that are going to be on the, you know, the, the pile of scrap, the scrap heap of uh, agents, you know, as the market marches yep. on, they're going to be the ones that have only learned how or think they've learned how to generate stuff online. The online mega cycle is coming to an end. Consumers are looking for people that can have direct communication, direct conversations. Julie gave an example the other day. 
an agent who was working for a brokerage. The brokerage was buying leads from Zillow. The, the agent, who, who was a new agent, if I remember correctly, was yes. smart enough to say, why the hell is my broker buying these leads, spending all this money with Zillow? Because at the end of the day, when we call these leads back, all these leads want to do is talk to the listing agent. As soon as they find out I'm not the listing agent, they hang up and I'm not going to lie to them about being a listing agent or obfuscate the question about, am I the listing agent, right? You guys see we're at the end of that cycle. When something becomes really, really hard to make work, uh, it's usually because it's not working, period, full stop. Yeah, it's on the outs. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Know? And so it's just a matter of how long you're willing to not believe that and try and try and make it work and put up with your own frustration. But so you th know, this, this that's what how, it comes down to. This is how far things have come. Yeah. You get in the business now, uh, you need to be aware, right, mm -hmm. of all the digital stuff but you need to be working on all the practical, tactical stuff that's yes. going to get you paid the next 60 to 90 and days. And those are the agents that are flourishing right now. Absolutely. Okay, and here I'll prove it even further. If for our listeners that have had transactions closed, maybe not the newbies can relate to this yet, but of everyone who has had deals closed, what have your favorite deals been? Haven't they been the ones that you had direct personal contact and connection to, not the colder ones that, oh, you know, I thought they were working with me and then they ghosted me. Well, they're not attached to you. You barely had a conversation with them if you've conversed at all other than text. Our top clients, and this has always been true, yes. are always getting their businesses from, a majority of their businesses from usually three sources. Mm -hmm. And these are the ones that have consistent business, have consistent profit In too. any market. And it's always going to be the centers of influence and past clients. Yep. It's always going to be forms of proactive uh, lead generation. Mm -hmm. It's usually two or three forms of pro proactive yes. lead generation, but all of them consistently well, have the center of influence and past clients. That spoke. would be called spokes in the wheel. That's it? right. Hey, we have a whole book in our, our whole Curiously. chapter in our book about that. <laughs> yes. Oh, by the way, thanks to, we're close to 500, I believe. Mm -hmm. yep, Did I you look? Five-star reviews on Amazon uh, for our book, Harris Rules. If you're looking for a little weekend reading, uh, you can read the book, obviously, or you can just download it on Audible and listen to it. And again, it's called Harris Rules. And thank you guys uh, for you know continuing to rate it so highly. And yes, Julie and I do go to Amazon and read the reviews. It's almost as motivational as a really strong cup of coffee. Almost. <laughs> it's gaining on it. Which, by the way, some yes. of you guys, uh, a lot of you have been uh, joining our Premier Coaching Program. And I, we've made it as easy as possible for you to join. And I'm going to give you a little bit of details on that now. A little bit. Don't worry. And we're going to get to Julie's next point that she's prepared to where to find uh, sources of listing leads. So all you've got to do is t uh, text the word success, S-U-C-C-E-S-S, -S, to 47372. Text the word success to 47372. And when you do, we're going to text you back a direct link to go and read about the Premier Coaching Program. And then you can choose uh, different ways of enrolling in the program. If you choose to use the third option, the um, finance option, the Premier Coaching Program is basically $100 a month. So every single one of you can join and be one of our coaching members. And you are, yes, you are entitled to a daily semi-private coaching call. Yes, you're going to get all of our scripts. This is the full suite product. This is not, we're holding anything back. You're going to have, you're going to basically have a daily semi-private coaching call. You're going to have access to our 24-7 coaching on demand. You have all of our scripts, all of our listing presentations. Yes, you get the pre-listing pack. Yes, you get the buyer presentations. Yes, you get everything we always talk about and it's mentioned in our book that's how simple it is for you to become a premier coaching member if you want to be where the market's going to be 
If you want to have an unfair advantage in your marketplace, do what the top agents in the country have, by the way, always been doing, which is the way we coach agents to be successful in real estate. I got news for you guys. You don't have to have a team to be successful. You don't have to have a fancy brand or be the mayor of your digital town or be an online influencer or do any of the things that people are trying to sell you to believe to be successful. You really don't. Success being measured by essentially running a long-term business with lots of profit. What would you do have to learn is what we teach you in Premier Coaching. You can't skip the step of knowing what we're trying to teach you. And if you try to, if you say, you know what, Tim, I'm going to go buy my business. I'm just going to pay referral fees. I'm never going to learn how to be a proactive lead generator. That is not sustainable because remember, I was just talking about Dave Ramsey. It was great when it started and now it's oversaturated and too expensive and largely unprofitable for agents. That's the same thing that happens with all these ideas. And as long as you're buying your business, you're always going to be beholden. You're never going to be free. You're never actually going to have a consistent business. So you have to decide that you are indeed a real business owner who's going to create real revenue with real profit for a really long time, or you're just going to decide you're going to be a flash in the pan and just do uh, the bright, shiny objects things. I have a feeling if you listen to Julie and I every single day, and there's tens of thousands of you who do, you are definitely on the side of someone who wants to build a real business. The first natural, normal, smart step is to join our premier coaching program. Just text the word success to 47372 and we'll text you back a link. And like I said, you can join today. And if you choose to use the financing option, I believe the monthly payment is $100.18 or $100.13. And it's uh, not based on credit. It's 100% approval. Every single one of you can join. It, that's it. So I mean, Even brand new licensees can join. They don't have totally. to sold a house. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you know, this is something that we created uh, years ago so that we could make it so that we'd never have anyone who couldn't simply say, yes, I want to join Premier Coaching Program. This is our way of making it so that it's universally available for everyone by making it so that the payment's so low. So just go ahead and text SUCCESS to 47372. We don't normally talk about the Premier Coaching Program this directly, but I am so incredibly enthusiastic to see all the incredible enthusiasm coming out of you and the emails and the texts and all the wonderful feedback we're getting from people who are thanking us for telling them the truth for this long, um, as long as we've been doing this and hearing about the results. And I look, I'm enthusiastic about it because I see the results that all of you guys are getting. We've been doing this for decades, Julie and I, right? We've been coaching. We've had tens of thousands of coaching calls. We've done, I don't even know how many people we've presented in front of millions, but the end result is the premier coaching program. All the best of what we've learned in our long career from coaching agents all over the country in every single market condition, every single price range, it's in the Premier Coaching Program. So just text the word SUCCESS to 47372. All right, Julie, let's pick up where, we, right. left, okay. let's pick up where we left off yesterday. So this has been a series of podcasts all about creating inventory, finding inventory other than the MLS. Now, I want to make sure that they're clear because we've been presenting different things on different days, Okay. Your job is to not choose one of them to pursue. You've got to do all of these. So especially for our grizzled veterans who are, let's say, a little bit more MLS addicted because they've maybe been doing it for 10 or 15 years, right? Or agents who've never actually learned how to do real work who just do things yes, passively. That's right. So especially for you guys, I want you to imagine you got your license today. And I know some listeners, you've got your license today. It's okay. <laughs> it's all right. It's uh, All the rules apply to everyone. And let's pretend that we're your broker and we hand you this list that we have been uh, presenting to you over the past few days. And we simply said to you, if you've got a buyer looking for something or you're looking for a listing inventory, this is the list of what you need to do. 
it's not just choose one. It's not, okay, well, I'm going to concentrate just on expireds. I mean, that would be a great place to start, but you've got to do all of these for every buyer client. Otherwise, you are literally not doing your job for them and probably they should fire you. Which by the way, and th- we've presented this the whole week, this is something, we have a buyer presentation that you get as part of the Premier Coaching Program, which explains to the buyer in a very formal way why they should be working with you, why they should sign the buyer agency contract, why they should literally be under contract with you just as if you were taking a listing. And it would be a very powerful idea, and we have this as part of the presentation, to show them all the things you're going to be doing to look for properties for them yes. other than just flipping on the MLS. That's right, because if your only USP or unique selling proposition is finding them stuff online, they have that themselves. Right. Okay. So that's not going to work. You you're you're, that. you're that Mike guy back in the back in yeah, 2002 same thing, isn't it? who's pissed off at the world because everything's going online. I know, exactly. Okay. So, we're going to do just a couple more to round this out. I wrote down professional centers of influence. You know, we talk all the time about your actual, like your personal centers of influence, your friends, your neighbors, your relatives, but you also have professional centers of influence. And so that's things like your chamber of commerce, BNI, which is Business Network International is a great lead source sometimes, Uh, architectural review committees, clubs and organizations. But don't forget, you send business to mortgage people, you send business to title people, you know, where are their leads for you? Let's add to this. So again, we're talking about centers of influence here, but professional centers of influence. Mm -hmm. You can now use um, meetup.com and there's others. Go into meetup.com and look to see if there's any investor groups that have Mm -hmm. meetups. Look to see if there's any, like I remember, well, all over the country, I promise you there's uh, BIA chapters. Uh, Those are the builder, um, we need to Google what that means. I forgot. Building International Association or something, whatever it is. It's BIA. But whatever it is, join the BIA as an agent join the BIA because then you're going to get a director of all the builders and you're going to be invited to their mil- uh, their meetings go to um, whatever I think it's NAHB now National Association of Home Builders that might I, be I think that's one. in addition to yeah, BIA yeah. yeah well join them is the point yes get in front of the people that create the inventory there's an idea right Uh, And then also you want to then work with investors if you can. I mean, these are all the different sources of business you can create for yourself. All the different ways you can get in front of people. Remember, guys, the more screen time you have, the less money you have. More screen time, less money. More screen time, less money. Get that straight in your heads. Your job now, especially in post-COVID, during this ridiculous, amazing, roaring 2020s, whatever it's going to end up being called, you've got to be doing whatever it takes to get in front of as many people as you can and have conversations that lead to, hypothetically, a real estate transaction. That's what you learn in the Premier Coaching Program. We script you what to say and how to say it. That's right. You know, and some of these are just little minor relationships. I remember we used to get really good leads from the sprinkler guy because he was all over the neighborhood all the time. He knew like which houses maybe were vacant because he's going there to shut off the sprinkler or to turn on the sprinkler. Well, in higher end neighborhoods that have, uh, that are guard gated or have security in the neighborhoods, you got to get to know the security guys because they're going to tell you which houses are going vacant because they're the ones that are basically leading the workers back to the houses to be painted and whatnot. This is how you network inside a community. This is how you find the hidden inventory. One of the many ways, go back and listen to the shows we did Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. That's right. So I I wrote down the architectural review committees because we've had some coaching clients do that where they are on the committee that approves people's improvements and because they see when people give up and it gets shot down and they'd rather sell than improve their house. They see building permits being pulled. They see lots being sold. It's kind of nice to be on the inside on that. 
Yeah, but this doesn't even ta- touch on um, centers of influence and past clients, no, right? No, I'm just talking only right? about this professional. This is professional. So yeah. centers of influence and past clients, again, a very deep module inside the Premier Coaching Program. Yeah. That's a side. So we're talking about something that many of you don't build, which is your professional version of the personal one. That's right. And remember, you're sending those guys business all the time. So it makes sense to have these conversations. All right. Number two on my list for today, we touched on a little bit yesterday. That's for rent by owners. We talked about for sale by owners yesterday. But for rent by owners, so these are, you know, not the big apartment complexes. These are single family homes with small investors that have, you know, maybe they only have one or two rentals. Maybe they've, you talk to them once and you find out they've got 50 rental properties. So enhance this idea. Sometimes you're going to see there's going to be property management companies that, believe it or not, don't list the properties when the owners are wanting to sell them and no longer have them under management. A smart move for you to do would be calling, you know, essentially calling up different property management, usually the small and medium ones, and say, listen, if I got an owner who wants to put a property under management, I just want to know how you work so I can refer them to you. And then they'll tell you and then give them an opportunity to you know, pitch you on their services mm-hmm. and then say, well, can you keep me in or how do you go about choosing the realtors you're going to be listing properties with and that becomes available? Here's what you'll discover. They have no organized system to actually solicit their existing yeah. property management sellers for uh, listings because they don't do it. So they're, they're, if you tell them that they're all going to have real estate licenses, if you tell Tell them that you will actually be their official resale arm, and obviously they'll get nice referral fees every time you self-generate a lead out of their database. Maybe you can just do a mailer. Maybe you can just call them. Maybe you can, you know, somehow work in conjunction with them so you become the official arm of, you know, resale arm of that uh, property management firm. I have known, and Julia's known, many, many agents who have a list house. It's a, it's a spoke, right? Spokes on a wheel analogy talked about in Harris Rules. But the gist of it is a spoke represents a source of business. An ideal real estate business is going to have five to seven defined spokes. And what we just defined for you is a very good potential spoke. If you start getting two and three deals out of two and three different property management companies per month, you will all of a sudden, many of you find yourselves feeling realtor rich. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, indeed. And you know, a side benefit of befriending these smaller property management companies is guess what? They know what leases are ending and which houses are about to be vacant, which could either be a listing for you or wayward sellers that, you know, you sold or, their house, they don't have anywhere to go. You know, and obviously, them. And obviously tenants that are, uh, when we lose tenants on our properties, they're, they're always, always buying. Go, they're always buying, right. Yes. I mean, they're not like moving to another rental, they're buying property. Every time. And and I know the guy who manages our properties mm-hmm. uh, in, uh, you know, different markets, the one mm-hmm. in particular in Columbus, he for damn sure peels those buyers out. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, we're nice, positive. we're a spoke for him. Uh, it, it Well, our rentals are, yeah, for he, sure. He manages our properties and basically yeah. when our tenants move on, he keeps them as buyers. That's true. And also when he puts something for lease and there's a lot of renter buyers, he turns them into first-time buyers. Exactly. So it's all good. Uh, but yes, for rent by owners, now that's a really easy script. We include that in our coaching. It's basically a business conversation. Have you, you know, is the house still vacant? Tell me about it. Build a little bit of rapport. You basically ask them, have they considered selling it instead of continuing to try and rent it? And they're going to say one of two things. Nope, I'm going to keep it forever, like what we say when people are always bugging us about ours. I'm going to keep it forever. Or, well, I don't know, what kind of price do you think you could get me for it right now? In which case, you go meet with them, you do your CMA, you have a quasi-listing presentation. It's actually easier, I think, than for sale by owners. Let's move to the next point. But yeah. there is a lot to be said for calling and making this uh, these reach outs to these potential uh, rent uh, landlord 
uh, who might be sellers yes. out of fear of the changing tax laws. Yes, that's true too. Yep. Absolutely. And you know, there's even ramblings about, uh, you know, 1031s going away and all of that. Yes. So you could just do a little bit of homework and that might be just the motivation that some of these sellers needed to sell their yeah, houses. And I'll tell you, there's, there's a lot of markets that have another script that's tied to that. And that is changes in short-term rentals. Yep, that's true. Okay. So there are towns that have said, you know, we're outlawing it just flat out. There are some uh, cities that have said that or parts of cities and there are other ones saying it's 30 days minimum. Point so, number two for rent by for rent by owners, right. But I wanted to enhance that again. Okay. And you'd mentioned right. something right there. Mm-hmm. The self-managed uh, VRBO types. Oh, yes. That is that's a gold, a that is a, right. That's a gold mine. And, and I'm sure most of you have, are familiar with VRBO or HomeAway and you deal directly with the owner nine times out of 10. So you know their phone number, you know where the property is, you have interior pictures, you know basically everything you need you to know. You know what it rents for. You know what it rents for. And if you know in your marketplace, like I'm thinking of Amelia Island. Sure. Wasn't it, we have that, uh, right. And didn't he say that in certain areas of Amelia, they can't do short-term rentals mm-hmm. anymore? That's right. And I know they did that in parts of Southern California. Downtown they, Austin, you know, part of the reason there's a lot of condos for sale down there is because people are not allowed to VRBO those. Right, isn't that, I mean, that's, Honest, I don't. It very do not much affects the market. I do not understand how that's even legal. I don't either. But uh, whatever. But it's a fact. But it's a fact. So you could go yeah. go and start calling these. Uh, you know, literally start calling the VRBOs and start calling the uh, you know the home away types, and you can find you will find people that will happily sell because they're not aware of what the property is worth in this market. And a lot of depending on like Florida beach town communities, a lot of those uh, rentals, short term rentals, are managed with very high uh, fees. And a lot I, of the, I think James told me 10%. Yeah. And, and that's not a 10% Amelia. commission, but that's yeah. not including the cost of uh, turning management, management right? Yeah. And so uh, what, what you're going to see is a lot of these people, the, the uh, it's not the honey hole that they thought it was going to be. Uh, and maybe the rules have changed. You guys get the idea. You can even tell how much it's been booked, right? You can right. go around in their calendar and you can select the ones that don't seem to be booking very much. I mean, it's great. And it says, you know, talk to the owner directly. I mean, how much easier can it be to communicate with people? So in our neighborhood, Julie, we get letters and people are basically frothing at the mouth for anything that looks like an available property for sale. Mm -hmm. And if we were looking for, well, we did when we were looking for a place when we originally moved here uh, about two years ago. Um, we d- you did actually call the short-term rental places and mm-hmm. you started looking for a place that way because yes. there was nothing for sale. Mm-hmm. And you also started talking to the security guards to find out what they knew was for sale. Right, none of which is in the MLS, by the way. Oh, right, exactly. And by the way, the other agents here, God bless them, <laughs> were useless <laughs> totally because they weren't useless. doing the real work. We ended up basically from our, and we're not, li- we are, Julie's a licensee in Texas, but we don't sell real estate. And so uh, when we started, gener- we started generating crap tons of listing leads, okay? Julie had a list she got from the security guard uh, in this community in which we moved into in the Ritz-Carlton in Puerto Rico in Dorado. And he gave her a list. How many houses were on that list? It was like 12 or 15. Okay, he gave us a list of 12 or 15 houses. With their last names. With their last and phone numbers. Mm-hmm. And said, this is the list of people I know who are going to be putting their places for sale because I'm in charge of essentially the comings and goings of the people that are preparing the houses, uh, the worker guys, right? The cleaning and, ladies and the rehabbers right. and all that. Yeah. And so he gave us a flipping list of sellers. And now, Gold had mine. Julie and I sold real estate? <laughs> now, <laughs> let's just be honest here. We did give them lots of cookies. Donuts. Just donuts, cookies. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So that doesn't hurt. We did, yeah. Especially if you don't speak that great Spanish Is that a referral like fee? Did that have to be disclosed? I, I don't think so. <laughs> cookie, <laughs> cookie fee. Um, yes. Okay. So the point is you've got to have these conversations. Remember, the definition of a contact is a conversation with a decision-making adult. Ideally in person. Okay. So the next one is probate. 
And we've actually partnered with a company called alltheleads.com. If you do alltheleads.com forward slash Harris, I can't remember what their discount is, but they do help our coaching clients out. It's a big discount. I think it is. Yeah, but what they, alltheleads.com is, and you're, depending on your market, but most markets, it really is a huge honey hole. So write this down so you guys can get the discount. It's alltheleads.com forward slash Harris. Now, this is not lead buying, so don't think we're somehow being hypocrites. What they sell are probate leads. Yeah, so when somebody passes away and the house has to be sold and it goes through probate and the court system, they connect with the courts. Because if you try and do that yourself, it's kind of um, onerous and you've got to find the right contacts and it, it's not really an efficient use of your time. This is what they do. So they, they give you every probate lead from your courthouse every 30 days. And they're, you know, they're going to ask how much this costs. It costs a different amount in different areas because the deals that they make with the courthouses um, and the recording have, offices they, are different. But it's not expensive. But they actually have people that physically go to yes, the courthouses. Yes, these are good quality, accurate leads. So yeah. accurate phone numbers for personal representatives, whoever's in charge of the sale of the house, up to five per lead. Because a lot of times it's not just one person. There could be like three brothers or sisters that are in charge, uh, you know, personal representatives. You know what? We're making a mistake. What's the mistake what? we're making? I don't know. They don't know what the hell probate is. Well, I just, somebody passes away and it has to go through the courthouse system. It's not just an easy sale. That's the, going back to it. It's not relevant in all states because not all states, not all states handle. But they'll tell you if you call all the leads, they'll tell you. Yeah. So, so like in California for the most part, everything flows through a probate. Yes. It's kind of standard practice. Other states is handled a little bit differently, but it's. I don't know. I think my feel is it's about 75% of the states. And the typical scenario is when the property is in the probate process. I think the only way to avoid probate uh, is, a so, is a will. And it has to basically have some specific, you know, whatever, whatever. Yes. But most houses go through probate. Mm-hmm. And again, what it is essentially is it's the court assigns usually an attorney. They provide that information too. Right. And they, right. I see it's your next point. Full contact information for the probate attorney were applicable. Right. And so you call up these probate attorneys. And again, guess what? Probate for a lot of our coaching clients over the years has been a very well-defined, predictable spoke. And you obviously are going to be dropping off cookies and donuts and befriending probate attorneys. Mm-hmm. Um, and they will start sending you these leads because they don't sell real estate. They're sending these, they have to sell these properties. That is their job to sell the property and, right. and deal with the errors. So you're going to be the agent that gets these listings you're a necessary part of the process right so that's kind of something most agents don't really think about but allthelades.com forward slash harris will get you there so these are just a handful of ways to find inventory we've talked about other things throughout the week we talked about expireds we talked about for sale by owners for rent by owners new construction we did a big podcast on that so remember your job is to not just you know, hunt and peck and pick and choose what sounds like it might be okay for you. You're supposed to look at this as the full on list that you do this every time for every buyer. And probably more importantly is to find listing leads anyway. So you can use your buyers as the excuse to do these things, but you know, you can only sell one house to your buyer. So let's just take a step back and talk about the probate thing for a second. The probate business is an excellent business for those of you who are really introverted. That's true. It's a perfect... It's a non-emotional thing. It's a non-emotional thing. You're dealing with a non-emotional attorney selling something he's not emotional about or she's not emotional about. 
And truthfully, not a lot of sales skills are necessary. That's right. That is 100% relationship and making sure you're delivering on what and you promise. following up and being yep. a business person. It yes. is It is not a high skill activity. No, but it is functional. I mean, you you serve your function. You usually make normal commissions in it. Yep. And it's a valid lead source that most agents, you know, the other thing is they don't have a lot of competition because not everybody does it. Exactly. So that's good. Now, um, what it does require, it does require you getting off your butt and actually using a script and following a system so you can go talk with the attorney or in some cases track, directly communicate with the heirs that are in charge of uh, the liquidation of the asset, right? Yes. Not a lot of work. You can do this. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so this is your list of how to find inventory, both in terms of listing leads for yourself, because after all, you are a licensed broker or agent and you need more listing leads, especially now, but also to find inventory that's not in the MLS so that you don't have to keep on getting frustrated time and time again. I think that this should this list that we presented over the course of the week should be done for every type of buyer, even if they're a luxury buyer. Totally. Okay. But it's especially important for your first time buyers, your FHA, your VA, your low down payment that keep on losing out because all that has to happen is somebody conventional with 20% down and they're going to lose. So I'm going to leave you today with this one thought. So you guys think there's a lack of inventory. That is really bullshit. There is no lack of inventory. There's a lack of agents that know how to find the inventory. That's exactly right. And if you look at the number of homes that are going to be sold this year, I haven't checked what the predictions are now. Five, six million. Okay. That's the inventory that's being sold, but not by you. Why? Because you don't know how to go after it or you're not going after enough of it. But what the real sin that you're committing is, is you're being passive about something that you can't be passive about. You can't be that yeah. Mike guy from the late nineties. Who's just basically is, you know, lording over your, you know, coveted MLS yeah. book because everyone, you know, if everyone had access to the information, what value would he have? And the answer is in his case, probably he had no value as soon as that information was readily available. Don't be like that guy. We're going through another major market shift here and how consumers expect to interact with you. He couldn't adapt from the controlling the content phase in the industry to the mass dissemination of information where everyone started getting everything easily, almost too much. He probably did not adapt to that. Are you going to adapt from this market that was and this sort of way of generating business uh, to this way that is frankly the only way in the long-term way, which is you learning how to have the skills and earning the business? This is the real question and the, the dilemma that some of you are having, but you don't realize you're having it. That's right. And here's the other objection that I want to probably re-put to rest because you know some of them are thinking, well, this sounds like a lot of work. I'll just wait for the market to shift and have a lot more inventory. Good luck with that. We did an entire podcast series about three weeks ago about why that is not happening anytime soon. Waiting is not a strategy. Right. And go back and listen to all the, that podcast again. You just basically got me almost on another soapbox, but I won't. But go back and listen to the podcast we did on, it was a week's worth of shows and we did it on why the market is not going, there's no bubble to pop. That's just a bunch of malarkey as and well. we based it on very specific, well-researched, actual fact, not speculation. So you're going to wait yourself out of the business is what you're going to do. That's right. Guys, do the smart thing. Join our premier coaching program. Uh, it, we've made it as simple as we possibly can for all of you. Uh, just text the word success, S-U-C-C-E-S-S, to 47372. Julie, what are they supposed to do? Text the word success, S-U-C-C-E-S-S, to 47372. Do it now. Don't wait. We'll take good care of you. 
That's right, guys. Go ahead and do that now. That is your absolute homework is to join our premier coaching program. Do not wait on that. There is Here's the good news, right? The good news is there's still six months left this year, and there's still time for you to make this uh, your best year ever. The bad news is there's six months left this year, and if you don't take some real massive action and aren't incredibly proactive, you're going to blow this year off completely. And didn't you already go through that last year? In many cases, you did. Some of you had your best years ever. Many of you basically were in holding pattern waiting for COVID to pass. Well, COVID is gone for the most part, and it's time for you guys to come out of your hidey holes, take your masks off, and go out and do the real work of real estate. If you need Julie and I for anything, please feel free to text me at 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day, and we'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.